Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 73 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin. As always, here with Barry Cold Superstar Forward and NHL draft pick of the San Jose Sharks, Ethan Cardwell. We're breaking all of the, the names out today, eh? But uh, no, I think uh, congratulations. They're in order for Rask. If you're watching on YouTube, you'd know by now, but he's, uh, he's a Sutherland Cup champion with the uh, St. Catharines Falcons. So uh, definitely a big uh, shout out to you. I know you put in a lot of hard work uh, for that team. So congrats on that feat. It's awesome. And I know you've been living it up and you didn't want to take credit for anything, but uh, I said you've been partying with the cup like uh, like you want it yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about what's been going on the past few days? Yeah, well, first of all, yeah, I want to shout out the team. They, they're they an incredible group of guys and you hear it every year. Like you can't, it, when people win, they say it's like the best group ever, but like these guys are incredible guys, every single one of them. No bad guys in the room. But yeah, I've been like, they've they've really welcomed me and accepted me, man. And like, and what's cool is that all the coaches and all the staff, like they're, they're so tight that, so everyone's been partying together. Like it was really cool. Um, I'll kind of walk you through all of it. Even uh, starting with the final game though, it was the funniest way it went down. So we, we win it all. We win the last game eight, two. And, you know, you know, Mason Howard, I think a lot of people on the show know him like played four years in the O. I think he's just tough, tough guy in the O, right? Yeah. Got defenseman, tough guy. He's playing on one one leg because he's got a high ankle sprain. So the one it's completely frozen his leg. Like he can't even feel it. So he's like skating on one leg. Guy gets a hat trick as a defenseman. Yeah, how he's probably Actually, scored like eight goals in his entire junior career and he finishes with a hat trick in the finals. What a way to go out, man. Actually, and I would like he is a beast though. Like like I've never seen a guy block shots like that. And he's like a stay-at-home guy. So to hear he got a hat trick, that's hilarious. That's awesome yeah. for him. It was, it was nuts, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So the game was sick. The, it was a Chatham fans. I'll give them some credit. They were nuts. And I guess like, I don't know the name, but the junior C team around there was at the game. So yeah, they're like, they're chanting like to Mason Howard. They're like, Howard is fat. Howard is fat. And then how he goes and scores and like points at him. And they're like, you're still fat. You're still fat. But then he scores two more. Like, what are you going to say? Um, and they were like chanting, like at the healthy scratches, like healthy scratch. Like it was, they were, they were just like, just lighting people up and actually you got a police escort over there so tell us about that is it because of those guys so i was gonna say i don't know who it was but so uh we had our our bus obviously and then we had two fan buses come and some of the fans i guess they threw ketchup mustard and relish at the at our buses and so (laughs) they were like harassing like whoever was out there we were still on the ice (laughs) at the time but so we had the police had to come and escort us out of there like i was like they were there outside our bus and they had to take like get us out of there because the fans were just being like pretty dumb i guess but it, it makes it kind of cool like you, you feel like a big dog getting wheeled out by the cops out of a city like it's uh it, it was nuts but yeah like the bus ride home was maybe like right now honestly maybe some recency bias here but it might be like the best moment of my life like honestly being that bus was crazy i mean we're drinking out of the cup everyone who's of age obviously because it is a junior team so the older guys drinking out of the cup and stuff and then we, we get back to the room and, and the rink we're playing at the Jack Gatecliff arena. It's like, it's 84 years old or 86 and it's getting torn down after the season. We were the only ones keeping it alive. And um, so to like send off the arena like that. And when we get back at three in the morning, you know, we're at center ice, like just sitting with the the cop drinking, talking, like telling stories till pretty, pretty late in the morning. And then, yeah, the next day, which was uh, yesterday at this point, as it's Tuesday when we record, we just had like a day party at one of the families, like one of the guys' houses and like a pool party, coaches, staff, everyone was there. Just like, it was like chill, sit there, tell stories, like, you know, pass the cup around, have some sips. And 
fun time. And then we had like the big restaurant night kind of like with the fans where um, everyone's invited open bar, open food, like all that. And so tonight after this is uh, the Niagara Falls are being lit red and white for our team colors. And we have a little like party thing there. And then who knows what, what goes on after a lot of stuff in Niagara Falls to do, but um, it's, it's been wild. And yeah, like I will say, like all credit to the players and the coaches like I, I just came for the ride at the end so uh I don't necessarily deserve it as much as them but they've treated me like I do which has been awesome and you know I got sized up for a ring today which is pretty cool so um I, I'm excited man but I I love that team like in the, in the group of guys is incredible so that's what what's been up and uh yeah I don't know it's been a it's been a fun week and then I, I guess a couple of the guys today got tattoos of like the the trophy and like a quote thing and uh a lot of them are, are head to Punta Canada tomorrow. So should be, wow. should be what a week for those boys. That's unbelievable. And yeah, yeah like I, I obviously good buddies with the admin who was on the team and stuff. And he just said it was such an unbelievable experience for the boys and to share it with that group of guys. And, you know, it's pretty cliche to say, but I feel like uh, people can't comment on it's cliche or not until they actually win something with a group of guys like that. And I know I haven't, being able to do that but I always draw back to like that Saginaw run and it was only the conference final and I talked about how cool that was and stuff and so I can only imagine winning it all and then such an honor the, the Niagara Falls is taking notice and putting the lights on that's gonna be a fun night for you guys and uh hopefully you can get this video uploaded because you might be a little banged up tomorrow morning <laughs> yeah and, and you know what cards I was thinking it too because obviously you did go on that sick run with Saginaw and, and you know it and now I kind of know it from this like now the Brock playoffs that I've been pretty deep into aren't the same like they're they're short especially this year with the COVID one game playoff but even normally it's a best of three so I've never been on a run like this and and you would know you get so close with players like very quickly when you're going through something like this like honestly I, I feel so close to the group it's it's incredible and and the coaching staff and everyone so like I, I almost feel for you guys a little and Barry still, I know like the time's passed now, but you guys had such a good team and the way it ended with like injuries and stuff kind of makes me sad for you guys. Um, and, and, and Marty was there and chatting with us cause his son, Sam, shout out Sam Williamson's on the team. So Marty's on the ice taking pics of the trophies and stuff. Um, so that was cool. But, but it, yeah, I mean, this is like the time of year where, you know, I'm sure listeners of our podcasts are maybe just coming off of like their playoff runs and stuff like that. So um it's cool to win i know i didn't like fully earn it the same way the guys did but i mean hey i'll i'll be a part of it i'm not gonna say no so yeah but shout and out to all the winners out there <laughs> actually and the biggest winner we might know and might have had on the pod is this week's guest what a segue uh, dylan sandberg of the uh, winnipeg jets a two-time u.s uh ushs yeah, USHS champion in the Minnesota state of hockey anyway. So that's a pretty big deal. And then he goes to university at Minnesota Duluth and wins his first two years. And then uh, his third year got uh, canceled because of COVID. He probably said they had a good chance of winning again. And now he's made the jump to the NHL. So we can expect the Jets to win a cup in the near future if, uh, if his winning ways continue. But uh, that's who we'll be joined by here in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, he's... Uh like four years in a row too, not just winning all those, but it was four in a row for him. And also I actually, I want to say, cause I, I just remembered it going back one more thing for the the Falcons. So um, I guess everyone knows who Paul Bissonette is. 
uh, you know, legend spin chicklets host and stuff and played in the NHL. So he's best friends with our coach of the Falcons. So biz sends a message to the coach to play for the boys after. And at the end of his message, which was really nice, by the way, he, uh, he says to save all the, all the Uber receipts for the night and stuff. And he'll, he'll pay for them. Um, so he picked up all the Uber tabs for the boys after the, the night we won, which was pretty nice of him. So shout out for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's 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 just a classy move by a guy who's uh, been around before and understands what it feels like. And you know, wrapping up the season, the boys want to have a little bit of fun, right? So yeah, and I'll just you know, he also said don't drink and drive. So you know, you never want to drink and drive. Get a guy pissed to pay for your Ubers. But um, I mean, what else we got going on? There, you know what? There was one thing I heard actually this week that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know how a while back I was talking about how I think women's hockey should have hitting and stuff like that. Yeah. So I wrote it down on my phone. I, I need to do a little more research. I don't know what league it is exactly, but next year there's a women, the top pro league in Sweden for women is ha- is introducing hitting next season as a, a trial. And I don't know if you've heard anything about that, but dude, I'm going to watch it. Like that's enough. Like I've been saying it, I'm going to watch it. I want to see if it works. And if it does, I, I think it'd be awesome having hitting in women's hockey. I, I've said it for a while now. I don't see why they shouldn't have hitting, but that, so that's, that's like some progress in growing the game. I would argue. What do you think? Oh yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it adds entertainment value. I think it's something the girls will enjoy. I think like it adds a different element to the game and maybe for girls who couldn't make it because it was more of a skill game, they can add this physical element and it'll get more girls involved in the game. And, you know, you see sports like rugby and stuff and women are playing that and football. So there's no reason there shouldn't be hitting in hockey um, to an extent anyway. And, I think as long as they introduce it safely and respectfully for the other players, just kind of watching what you're doing, learn the ways of it. And I think it could be a great thing and maybe integrate even into the North American side of things for uh, women's hockey. I think uh, it's definitely something that will be watched and uh, North American officials will keep their eyes on it and see how it's uh, kind of progresses. Yeah. And like, I just think when I hear about this, can you imagine a couple of years down the road, maybe a Canada U S women's olympic final with full contact these girls will be lighting each other up it'll be crazy to watch like i think it'd be so cool well and here's something else to think about too so say sweden is the only one who does it wait till those swedish girls show up at the olympics and then they'll be bullying teams yeah exactly so we could have a little bit of controversy there i guess uh time will tell on that but um i guess before we send it over to the interview uh i just want to give a quick shout out to uh friend of the pod and uh sponsor hooking us up with uh, a bunch of golf merchandise uh ace on 19 is the golf brand and it's one of the newest up and coming golf brands presented by a pro a good buddy of mine gavin mciver and you can check them out on instagram uh and, and their website and go uh go order some uh some beautiful golf apparel and it, it's with the new wave it's it's good looking stuff and i haven't been able to get rasp his stuff yet but uh I'm, I'm excited for you to be able to try it too. And obviously you'll be able to speak on its quality and uh, how good it looks and it's affordable, right? Cause uh, Gavin, my buddy there, he, he gets it. Um, golf, golf gear is way too expensive this day and age and uh, to, to look good out there for a decent price. It's uh, it's definitely worth a look for all of our uh, golf, golf addicts, addicts, avid <laughs> and, and guys like me who need the affordable stuff. Cause we still can't afford nice clubs and, and that sort of thing. So that's at least you can look good for cheap, right? Not, not your playoff bonus. That's not paying for it. <laughs> my, my big fat playoff bonus is zero. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, I get a free hat and a shirt. Can't complain. 
Um, yeah, and, and a ring too. When yeah, that comes yeah, that's not bad. But um, yeah. I uh, but actually before we send it to the interview, uh, I just want to ask you what your thoughts are on the Hamilton Bulldogs right now. Well, I played against them this year, and everybody who watches hockey knows they they got a really good team there, and it's pretty hard to win twelve playoff games in a row. Um, I don't, I don't even know if it's ever been done that a team sweep throughout the whole playoffs. So we'll see. They got that opportunity to uh, sweep the finals, whether it be Flint or Windsor. So lots on the line there, but uh, I think they're an unbelievable team and they they'll keep chugging. I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're nasty. Like, I don't know what else to say. Um, and they're getting it done. And I see like, you know, the guys are dropping Instagram posts today and stuff like getting each other fired up for, for the finals coming up. Like they're, they're fired up, but I mean, you never know in the finals, like any team that gets there is going to be good, but I think it's a pretty safe pick to, to say Hamilton. Now cap who's probably listening is, is probably writing it down, ready to prove us wrong. But, but uh, I don't know. Our predictions have been hot. I was right about avalanche in six. Um, yeah. And uh but I'm cheering for the Oilers over the abs now, by the way. I just, I yeah. want it for Connor. Yeah. Speaking of that, we might as well make some predictions for uh, round three here, the conference finals, the NHL playoffs. Okay. I'm going to have to go abs in seven. Um, although okay. I am, I'm cheering for Edmonton, but I'm going abs in seven. I think it's going to be a legendary series. Like one that every game is going to be can't miss hockey. Um, okay. And then on the other side, Dude, I think it might be Tampa in four. I was thinking in my personal, I think Tampa five, Tampa in five. Just, I, I don't think they have home ice. So I think the Rangers steal one. Um, and I think Tampa closes the series back home in Tampa. If, if I'm correct on the whole, I, I want to pull it up, but either way, like we know they can win anywhere. So yes, uh, they they're, they're just a, another machine. Actually, you're right. That it is. Uh, New York does have home ice, but I think yes. uh, Tampa Steel just just runs away. Yeah, so I think Tampa wins it back on home ice in Game Five, and then I do. I I think the Avs are just. I don't know. We'll see how Mike Smith holds up. Um, if he plays well, he's a streaky goalie, and you see when he plays well, they're an unstoppable team, and it's kind of been like that all season. So, um, I think the Avalanche is the better team, and we've been riding them for the cup all year. So I'm gonna say Avs in five or six, but I do think. If Smith plays well, the Oils do have a good chance, especially the way Dreisaitl and McDavid are playing. Like it's unmatched hockey. Like you, you, they're they've elevated their game more than the regular season, and they're being line matched, they're being shadowed, they're being slashed, they're being hit, they're being chirped. Like you can name everything that's against them, and they're still going out there and getting two or three points a night in the hardest hockey on planet Earth. It's it's unbelievable what they're doing, and it's it speaks to how much talent they have and how hard they work at it. It's, it's, it's crazy to watch where I think we're witnessing greatness and not even knowing it, you know? Yeah, no, it's someone tweeted that it's our generation's uh, what even, I don't remember what it was like Gretzky Lemieux. That's what they were saying. The McKinnon versus McDavid. And um, it's, it's exciting, but just all the stories going on in the playoffs with like controversial goals, like the, all the cadre madness, like, you know, battle of Alberta, battle of Florida. Like there's so many things going on that you realize how exciting playoff hockey is just to watch. I couldn't even imagine playing in, in the play. Like, dude, can you, can you really think about this? You're you, you might one day actually be in the mix with all this stuff. Like think about that for a second. That's crazy. 
Well, the beautiful thing is if I am, then uh, I can tell you all about it on the blog. Yeah, we need all the inside info. The (laughs) listeners are going to be dying for now. Now you just got so many more people rooting for you to make it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I guess from here, let's, uh, we'll send it over to Dylan Sandberg and we'll, we got an awesome interview and we'll chat, chat a little bit more after, but for now, uh, here it is Winnipeg Jets, Dylan Sandberg. All right. We're, we're pleased to be joined here by uh, Dylan Sandberg. Sam, Sammy, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. We're, uh, we're, we're excited to get you on here. And uh, for, for the fans who don't know Sammy yet, he's a roommate of Cole Perfetti. So that was the connection and uh, how we got him on here. So we'll probably have some Fets talk in a bit. But uh, first, let's uh, discuss your second year of pro hockey and your first season in the NHL. So how was that? Um, I mean, it's obviously a pretty good year. And, you know, I uh, was able to play some games for the Jets, which was awesome. Um, obviously, unfortunately, I started off the year with, with a uh, high ankle sprain right on the first day of uh, training camp. So that kind of put a damper on things. Um, but then I was able to come back and then right after Christmas, uh, her whole team kind of had a COVID issue there. So I was able to come up with that and uh, was able to play my first game in January there in, uh, in Detroit, which was awesome. That was really cool. And, um, and then I obviously, I had another hand injury. Um, it was really weird. It was just a stress fracture from the way I hold my stick and <laughs> I'd never heard about it, but apparently all the doctors I talked to were like, no, it's actually a pretty common uh, injury in like racket sports or whatnot. And uh, so that sidelined for another six weeks, which was really tough. But uh, then I was fortunate enough to get another uh, opportunity at the end of the year and uh, finish out the year with the Jets. So do you hold your stick differently than like an average person? Um, yeah, Roku remote right here, but I, the way I hold it was kind of in my palm like that in the corner. Like I don't slide it off the side. Oh, so it's just like constant pressure on this little area right here. And there's like a, there's a little bone in there called the hook of the handmate that comes off that bone right here and that where they connect it fractured. It's kind of a, a weird process, but what they did is they went in, removed the bone, and sewed it back up. Apparently, you don't need the bone. So. Hey, I need, yeah. to, I need to get myself that surgery because cards, that's, that's how I hold my golf clubs. I know I'm not supposed to, but I got like a, the hand on top, and maybe that'll help mm-hmm. my swing if I can get that bone removed. <laughs> yeah, or, I don't even notice it that it's gone either, so. Really, like so if you if you feel in your hand like you can't just like it feels normal or like do you know yeah it? well i don't know if you if you can really feel the bone in there but yeah oh, trying to do it, it. it's really small it's really yeah. small you can feel it but uh no I, I can't even tell it's gone my hand feels the same so that that's awesome well at, at least you got that one figured out so how have you ever tried to like change your grip in hockey or it's just like, you're just too used to that. So it was like, I'm not switching at this point. Yeah. I was just, uh, well, I had an option to, to, uh, throw it up in a cast for I think eight weeks, mm-hmm. but there's still like that, uh, possibility of it refracturing and, um, then I would possibly have to change my grip. So I'm like, you know what, just do the surgery. And, uh, luckily it worked out. Yeah, that worked out. That's awesome. And uh, so now, um, obviously, we just talked about it before uh, we hopped on, but you just got home the other day and uh, you spent uh, a few days in Vegas. So 
How have the uh, first few days of the off season been treating you? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I spent some time in Vegas. It was nice just to get away, get to some warm weather, you know, um, kick back and relax. Um, but it's also good to be back home now, you know, seeing my parents and whatnot, you know, um, now I'm able to start doing other things like fishing, um, start doing that this weekend and other stuff like that. So it's exciting to be back home. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, growing up in Minnesota, was hockey like always what you wanted to do? Um, yeah, I, uh, pretty much grew up on the outdoor rinks. Um, I got a couple small town rinks, uh, in, in Twig over here, about a couple miles away. And that's where I grew up skating ever since I was like two, three years old. And then I played there for a few years and, you know, uh, did it. And, you know, uh, as I got older, I a, my parents kind of like, you know, try out, try all these different other sports and whatnot. And, um, I started to love uh, baseball, football, um, golf. Golf's another huge one I love to do. So, yeah. So at what point growing up did you realize, like, this hockey thing, maybe I can make a career out of it? Like, how old were you when you realized, like, you have a real shot at making it? Um, I'd probably say not until I was about 17, 18, when I uh, started getting some, some looks from colleges. And then when my 18-year-old year came around, um, it moved on to, you know, started getting some looks from NHL teams. And it was pretty crazy. But because uh, I didn't – I was always the short guy. I was always five foot eight or, like, small on every single team I played on. And then I got into my sophomore year of, of high school. Um, and I shot up from five eight to six foot in, like, three months. And then I kind of continually grew up to – six, four. So once I started to grow, that's kind of when I realized, Oh, maybe I have a chance. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't see too many five, eight defensemen uh, in the NHL. So good thing you did hit your spirit and it, it ended up working out great, but high school hockey in Minnesota, like that's something else. Like we see all these videos every year, the ridiculous hair, the crowds are full. So for you, how was your experience playing for Hermantown and like just, the environment at each game and did you ever like were you guys in the tournament uh yeah I was uh played in high school my 10th 11th and 12th grade year mm -hmm. and we made we were fortunate enough to make it all three years um we were single a so how it works is we're a smaller school so it's based on enrollment and so that those are like the smaller schools but then you have the double A, which are like the bigger schools. I don't know if you guys know, like, like you dine or like schools around the city's area, like Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. Um, so we were never a big school, but you know, we're a, we're a good hockey community and you know, everyone um, is always cheering on each other, which is, which is awesome. And um, you know, my, my 11th and 12th grade year, we were fortunate enough to win, win the state championship. Wow. That, that's nasty. So did you guys do like sick haircuts or like mullets or anything for that? Um, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't really have the long hair back then, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know why I never did it, but we always had, uh, most of our team did the long hair and there was actually, um, they had, they made this hockey hair video, um, every year. And, um, they also did one for our, for all the teams, uh, I think it was like Barry Melrose did 
like interviewed a bunch of people around Minnesota from a bunch of different teams. It was kind of cool. Yeah. No, yeah. I keep seeing all those videos every year. I'm like, wow, that, that looks sweet. And I, I figured with your long hair, so you just morphed into a long hair guy, I guess. And you ended up playing games in the USHL for Waterloo in your, uh, your junior career there. So how did that come about? Were you just an AP while you were playing in high school or how did that work? Um, so I, uh, I was drafted in not like the futures draft. So that would be, that would have been 10th grade. Um, I was drafted in 11th grade to Waterloo and then I went down there during the summer, did like the camps and whatnot. And they asked me to, to come down and play early. And I decided that I was um, going to stay back, play my senior year out of high school. And then I decided to go down there after the year. Um, went down there, played about six regular season games and eight playoffs. And um, was only down there for a short two months, but it was an awesome experience. And then after that year, um, moving on to college, I got a call from – uh, my coach at UMD and um, they had a bunch of guys that were signing one of them being Neil Pionk who uh, who I now play with uh, he decided to move on after two years at college and they gave me an opportunity to come in and I was only a young 18 year old kid at the time but I was like you know what why not so mm-hmm. so was was it that easy like picking a school UMD your hometown school um what like was there any other option for you or did you kind of dream about going there um no I I was pretty dead set on UMD so you know I I I knew once I talked to the coach or anybody like that would be it I'd 100% be going there um I I was pretty pretty early in the process but I talked to like Bemidji State Cornell and then um UMD and as soon as they came knocking I was like yep I'm going there so Okay. Did you at least get to do any like visits or anything and get to experience that sort of stuff? Um, I never did a visit, uh, mainly because my mom actually works at the university as a, as a teacher. Um, so I had been around the school ever since I was a little kid. So I knew all the ins and outs and everything about the school. Um, looking back on it, it would have been cool to get like the experience with uh, the team side of things, but is what it is. Okay. Do you have your mm-hmm. mom like helping you out with some marks and stuff like that? <laughs> um, no, she was, uh, so she was like, she's like a professor, but she teaches, uh, it's kind of crazy, but she teaches professors how to teach a course. Yeah. Kind of thing. So I never bumped into her, um, <laughs> in any courses. Uh, I don't think I would have, I would have wanted to, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's why you were getting through your courses, though. She already taught those guys. She said, listen, when Dylan's in there, he's, he's passing. There's no other option for you. Or you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, she, uh, maybe she helped me out there. So, I mean, from, from high school out of there, you get drafted to the Winnipeg Jets, like, like we talk about where you're at now, and you're a second-round pick. So I'm curious, first of all, where was the draft? And then can you just tell us about, like, the day and the moment you got picked? Yeah, um, the draft was in Chicago. And my parents and I and my best friend, Ryan Sandlin, uh, took the drive down to Chicago. Uh, We kind of wanted to get the whole experience. We weren't really sure exactly when. I mean, I was somewhere between, like, estimated, like, third to fifth. And um, 
we were like, you know what? Why not? Let's just go down and try and get an experience once in a lifetime thing. Drove down there, watched the first day of the draft, and then came back the second day. And it was um, kind of crazy. I, we, walked, we were walking in and we ran into one of the Winnipeg scouts as we were walking in that we had, I, we had talked to in the past. And he was uh, saying best of luck and whatnot. And, and we went and sat down and um, in the second round, Winnipeg picked me. So it was kind of like a sign. It was kind of cool. Mm. Wild. And mm. I, actually, do you mind if I, I'm going to hop in, Ras? But so you, you said you were thinking three to five and then you, you're what the 13th or 12th pick of the day. Like, were you just shocked when they picked your name or what? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I, I, I don't, I heard, you know, us, they say like us high school or something like that. And I'm like thinking like how many other people here would be, would be that. And then it was kind of cool to see your, your picture on the board. And I, I really didn't know what to expect, but um, it, it was just, it was awesome to go down there and meet, meet, uh, meet everyone from Winnipeg. You know, uh, go down there, see all the fans around. It was uh, it's kind of a surreal, surreal moment, but something I'll definitely look back on. Yeah, and for us, that's like one of the one of the first stories that we've heard of a guy who went to the draft and kind of went higher than he thought. They were asked, like normally we're hearing the ones where, yeah, I went to the draft and you know I sweated through eight round or four rounds, and then I finally got picked up in the seventh. But yeah, <laughs> guys all- are always saying they're they're told they're going like first or second or fourth, and they go seventh every time. Like it's pretty rare that 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 happens. But that must have been a great feeling for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it uh, it was it was definitely a surprise. But um, and I'm glad my parents and uh, were able to see all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And you you end up stepping into Duluth in your first year and winning it all and. How was your first year in NCAA hockey and how about the adjustment period for you? Was there any, or was it pretty smooth? Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's nerve wracking like your first few games there. And, um, but then I feel like once I settled in, we had a really young defensive core. Like we had five other freshmen and one sophomore playing on the back end. So there was lots of opportunity, which was great. And, Eventually, I settled in, started uh, to play my game, and you know I, I felt like I transitioned well. And then I was fortunate enough to uh, get the opportunity for World Juniors, which was which was great as well. And our team hadn't my freshman year. Our team had not done good the first half of the year. Like we were like barely going to make have a chance at playoffs. And went home for Christmas, and then we came back, and we just kind of lit it up second half of the year. And then we made it in by like 0.001% chance for playoffs Really, and made it into playoffs. And we, I mean, it's, it's different than juniors or anything like that. It's not a best of seven or best of five or whatever. It's just one game. So all you have to do is win four games in a row, but it was, uh, it was definitely a, it was definitely a crazy season and not at all how I was expecting it to go, but you know, definitely awesome. Yeah, you're not going to complain about that. And no. that's another thing I wanted to touch on is the the World Junior. So was that the year it was in Buffalo? Um, yep. And the outdoor game and stuff. Oh yeah, that was that was that year. Yep. So we've had we've had a few guys on, I think, on who played for Canada that year. So do you want to talk about your experience? Obviously, actually, we had uh, Jonesy on, uh, Max Jones as well. Oh, so we've had a few guys on from that game. So from your experience, how did you enjoy that? Uh, it was awesome, you know, just because it kind of felt like 
I grew up on the outdoor rinks. So it kind of felt like home to me. And, um, I just try to enjoy every moment, uh, on the ice out there. It was cool. We got a, like a, uh, a practice before the actual game. And then we were able to stay, we were in the Buffalo Bills locker room too, which is also cool. And, um, you know, come game time, it had started to snow and, uh, well, first of all, walking out and seeing 40 some thousand fans around, it's kind of wild because, you know, that's unheard of in a hockey game. But then uh, it had started to snow, started the game. And they were, I mean, they were calling for snow, but I think it was called calling for like towards the end of the game. But it started at the beginning of the game and it just kind of continually kept going and kept growing, uh, getting heavier and whatnot. And it eventually got into a point in that game where you could, all you could see was the trail of the puck. You could barely see the, like you could see a light, you could see the puck lightly, but then you'd see a trail of snow just when it, when he, someone would pass it or shoot it or whatnot. It's kind of crazy, but, uh, you know, it's always, it's always good to battle against, uh, against Canada and in that game. Um, but no, that's, uh, that was definitely an all time moment in my hockey career. Yeah, I guess so. And I think I asked this one to a few guys before, but did you get to keep the, uh, the Bills jersey? Like the, like the jersey you guy wore? Unfortunately not. We, we really wanted to, yeah. Um, we wore them a couple times. We wore them in another game in Key Bank Center uh, or Buffalo's rink. But, no, we didn't get to keep that one. Yeah. I think I, I wanted to. But. Yeah. Like, that would be, like, the one. They'd be like, okay, boys, like, these jerseys are nasty. Like, keep this as a little token from the tournament. But that's that's crazy. Yeah. I wish. I wish. So what about life as a student coming in? I mean, you've never had that like junior transition where you weren't a student. So Mm -hmm. I imagine it was easy for you, but like, how did you find life away from the rink there? Um, it was, uh, you know, I figured I was like, you know, it can't be that different coming in, um, that different than high school, you know, school and hockey, but it was a little bit different. Like I had to, um, kind of adjust and focus more on time management because, you know, there is a bigger workload in college and, um, it's kind of, I guess the first year you're kind of taking all your general courses, but it's, it's kind of a different workload and, you know, you have to spend time in the library and do other stuff like that. Um, along with, you know, balancing your social life and, um, seeing other guys, but no, I feel like I adjusted pretty quickly with that. And it was nice because we had, uh, there was a dorm dorm area right, right across from campus. So we had three guys in our room, three guys in another room and three guys in another room. So um, we had a bunch of the, the guys in the same general courses. So that was easy to be so close and, and do that. But um, I guess with the hockey side of things, we either practice at the beginning or in the beginning of the year, we practice at like 10. So you'd have to schedule all your courses for the afternoon. So that's tough. Cause then you have to get into night classes, which run from like six to eight forty, And then you still have to manage homework along with that and then get up the next morning early. But it's not bad. Once you tra- started to figure out the time management side of things, it was easier, but it was, it was, I mean, it was a good experience. And then, uh, I mean, going into your second year there, you guys win again, the championship. So like, tell us about that year and how you guys kept winning. Um, well, we had pretty much, for the most part, we had our same team. 
besides a couple guys, and one of them was our captain, Carson Kuhlman. Um, but we had another captain uh, who was just like him, you know, another great captain, Parker McKay. And you know, like, we have a really good team again. Like, I feel like we have a really good, good chance at this, you know, and um, we didn't win our league that year, but um, like the regular season, but we won the, uh, the NCHC at the end of the year. And we were another year where we were hot second half of the year going into it. And, you know, we, we had a stud goalie and, and Hunter Shepard. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, it's kind of the same thing, but I guess we, we, I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, but we felt more dominant and, you know, we felt more connected. We, we've done it before. So we knew, we knew what it, what it took and we knew that we had it in us. So. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just want to hop in here quick. So you, if I'm not mistaken, you, we, you won a championship four years in a row. Yeah. Like how you think it back on it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. You're, you're just going into the year. You're like, all right, I'll just hoist the trophy at the end of this season again. I'll just do it again. And again, <laughs> that's sick. Yeah. It's what's crazy too. And I'm kind of just learning it now, Cardsy, like, as you know, but like, it is so hard to win. Like it is so hard and, and it's, it's pretty crazy. And then, I mean, like in your third year, you guys go to the finals again. Like, do you want to just talk about that quickly? Um, third year of college was our COVID year and we we're playing really well again. And we, um, it was our last regular season game. We had just finished up against St. Cloud and we, we beat them like five to one or we like feeling good going into playoffs. And then I like two days later, after we finished that, that game, COVID or like uh, COVID was all over uh, our TVs around the locker room. Cause then we started seeing like the NBA, NHL and start canceling. And then that's when we realized, Oh my God, our season's going to be over. And so we never really got a chance at that third one. And we had a lot of guys on our team uh, like Scott Brunovich could have left. He was uh, another guy on our team. Um, I had the opportunity to leave after my sophomore year as well. And a couple other guys and, you know, we decided to stay and try and try and uh, go for a third one. I mean, you know, it kind of sucks because we, you know, we feel like we're, we were uh, sold short and we never really got the opportunity, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, we, we were going to quickly ask about your second world juniors, um, which was the year previous, but, uh, how was that experience kind of more of a veteran presence mm-hmm. of the team at that point and going back there with, uh, with a different group of guys? Yeah, it was, uh, that was another cool experience that was in the, uh, that was up in Canada and half on Victoria Island, half on, or in Vancouver. So that was cool. Um, taking the ferry across. I'd never done anything like that. Uh, going over to Victoria Island, we were able to, to walk around and whatnot. Um, and we had a, another good team and uh, made it to the finals and unfortunately lost uh, to Finland. But, you know, overall, those are, those are great hockey experiences. And um, my family was uh, able to be there as well, which is awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty cool experience to definitely get to share with them. And like mm-hmm. you said, you had to leave and you stayed and then you dominated in your third year and you're in that NHL contract and you decided to take it after your third year, the COVID year there. And were you thinking of staying and graduating or was it a, a no brainer at that point, especially with COVID to sign? Um, you know, I, I really wasn't sure how the, how COVID was going to play out, but 
Um, I took a few days to, you know, to, to think about it. Um, you know, obviously not being able to play the playoffs, but, uh, after long thought and, you know, I, I talked to my coach and told him I was ready and I wanted to, you know, turn pro and, you know, he, he, I know him pretty well from, from back home. His, his son's my best friend. So we had a good, good long conversation about it. So, um, you know, he was like, you know, I know you're ready and he believes in me. So I uh, decided to make my decision after talking to him about that. Yeah. And how, how'd you get the news? Like, uh, I know you said that you had the chance before. So what was it? Did the Jets just call your agent and say like, Hey, we're, uh, we're ready to pull the trigger if you guys are kind of thing, or how did it go down? Um, yeah. Uh, so they obviously weren't able to come see me in person or anything like that. Cause, um, because of the whole COVID situation, but it was about probably a month after uh, our, our COVID year, or we, our season ended early to COVID. And, you know, I had been talking with them for a couple, couple weeks, you know, and that's when I it was like, oh, I'm going to talk to other people around me. And I'll get back to you and make my decision. And then after I told them, uh, the Jets, that I, I would like to turn pro. Um, that's when the whole contract uh, negotiation started and I eventually ended up signing my contract middle of April. One, one thing we, we generally like to ask, and I'm curious myself is like, have you made any kind of big purchases since signing? I mean, now you've had some NHL pay and stuff like anything, uh, anything to treat yourself. Um, I'm usually, uh, as Fetz would call me cheap, <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I uh, I bought myself a truck because the car I had, I don't think it would have made it up to, up to Winnipeg. So uh, I got myself a nice, nice Ram, Ram uh, 1500 big horn. So nice. yeah, I like it. I got a quick question. So Fetz is calling you cheap and we sometimes tell Fetz he's cheap. So I don't even know what, what this might mean. Like you're, yeah. you're he's here or what you're, you're on show pay now. Oh, we always, we always give each other crap. Um, you know, since we're living together, but, uh, yeah, I know I'd say, I'd say we're both, we're both pretty close on the same end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like to make good choices. Yeah. What we pay. So that's an answer that our partners at the Gavin wealth specialist would love. And, you know, Cole Perfetti, a client of Gavin who, uh, Gavin, the people who will set up NHL players financially for life have you uh, set up so you can retire and never have to work a day in your life if you don't want to and uh, take care of your taxes, your investing, manage your money, do all that stuff. So um, for Dylan and for those listening, everyone check them out at gavingroup.ca. Yeah. And it, it sounds like he already has it figured out. So uh, maybe a uh, future client and then maybe a uh, potential job down the road if he uh, knows how to manage money and Fetz learns from the best. So uh, maybe Sammy can hop on board as well. And I want to, get into your first year pro here. Um, you spend a full year in the AHL and that was the year with COVID and like a mm-hmm. lot going on. So how was the experience for you? Did you spend any time on the taxi squad and how was the adjustment to, uh, to pro hockey for the first time? Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely a different year than, than normal, but uh, I started off the year up uh, on the taxi squad Um that was different because, you know, we had our separate locker room uh, away from everybody else, just like six to eight guys in a, in a locker room. Um, 
just hopping on practice and after the whole team practices. So that was tough. But eventually, once the AHL season started, like a couple weeks later, uh, I went down. And that was that was kind of weird because um, we played at the Iceplex, which is our practice rink. And um, so we were there all year, and then we had to split up again with that. So that, that was kind of tough. You know, we only played – uh, basically a college schedule, like 30 some games. Um, but when you're playing the same team over and over and over again, you only play like four teams throughout the year. But, uh, overall it was, it was a good experience to like to meet new guys and, um, you know, see how that pro life works outside of the hockey rink. It was stuck in your apartment. Can't really go to anything. That was tough. A lot of lonely, lonely nights, but, um, our team tried to spend as much time as we uh, as we could at the rink, you know, before or after practice, just to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Chiz? Where yeah. another guy we've had on the show and uh, a good. Oh, yeah, I love Chiz. Home. Chiz is great. Um, Chiz nasty, you call him. <laughs> um, no, he's he's good. He's uh, he's a great player. Obviously, um, great offensive skill, uh, great vision, great hockey mind. Um, mm-hmm. It's been fun to play with him. So looking forward to keep that going. I was actually fortunate enough to keep, uh, to share my debut with them. Oh yeah. Right. So shared our debut. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know who you were at that point. And well, I knew known from Fets a little bit, but I was just mm-hmm. like, and then he goes, Oh yeah. Like, uh, Chiz is making his debut. And so is my roomie. I was like, Oh, that's crazy. So yeah. Cause I, I remember watching that, uh, the hot lap that you guys had. That was sweet. I'm curious, can you tell us about how you found out you were going to play your first game and uh, like the moments, like the day leading up to it and how the game went and all that for you, the whole, the whole thing? Yeah, um, so I've been called up uh, because there's a lot of guys with COVID and we went on that road trip to Detroit and it, after practicing and, you know, seeing where the lines were and everything, I kind of had a decent idea that I was possibly going to get into a, into a game. And then we went on to Detroit, had the practice there before the, uh, before the game day. <clears throat> and I came back in the hotel room that night. And that's when I got a call from the coach, but I didn't, I was in the bathroom and I didn't have my phone. <laughs> and I walked back out and it said I had a missed call and I was like, uh Oh, I called him back and he was like joking around, but he was like, you trying to dodge my calls now? <laughs> and then he, he's like, no, I'm just messing with you, but uh, you're in, you're in tomorrow. Uh, be ready. And then that's when I had called my parents and they, uh, they had made uh get flight, got a flight out there. Um, my girlfriend was able to come as well. Uh, my cousin also from uh, South Carolina down there. So it was, it was cool to have other people <clears throat> in, uh, at my debut with me. And then I think Chiz was like pregame skate. Somebody found out they had COVID and then he was, he was thrown in. So kind of crazy for him, but uh, get as far as getting to the game. Um, they had, we were just about to go out for warmups and I look up and I'm like, I don't have a helmet. What's going on here. So I started asking around like all the, uh, the, uh, uh players i asked uh, a couple of equipment managers like where's my helmet and they're like oh they didn't really give me anything so we had to go out there and um went out there with no helmet 
that was kind of cool. Um, and then as far as the game goes, you know, I, I got a couple shifts in and just trying to, you know, keep everything in front of me and try not to mess up the first, first shift, first couple shifts. And you know, I was fortunate enough to get an assist, which was, which was cool. Um, but yeah. And then it was just kind of, I got to a certain point where I'm like, you know, this is what I've been playing for my, my whole life. And I just decided to go out there and play and, um, you know, it was, it worked out well for me. So. And so you say like they take your helmet and stuff. Are you like the type of guy who's like, like now I can't step on a puck. Like I, I, are, are you worrying about those things? Like I, I better not fan this shot. Uh, I better not step on a puck, stuff like that. Or you just go out there and do your thing. Um, I don't know. I'd probably say like a little bit of both sometimes, uh, especially when I didn't have a helmet on. Uh, I was like, I'm probably going to take one off the crossbar, hit me in the face or something like that. Yeah. Just my luck. But uh, after a while, like once I got on the ice, I just kind of settled in. Yeah. And um, quickly here, before we get into some of our uh, fun mm-hmm. questions, uh, any funny stories that, uh, that you have from living with Fats for the past uh, year? <laughs> Um, ooh, trying to think. Funny stories. Um, we have we, we spend a lot of time together. We watch a lot of TV. Um, but it's it's kind of tough. Like we don't we don't do a lot because there's not much to do in Winnipeg in the winter. Can't really get out, go do anything. I have some stories that probably he wouldn't want me telling on this thing. <laughs> but uh, I'll keep that between me and him. But other than that. No, but hopefully um, I'll uh, come up and see him in Whitby some, at some point this summer. Yeah, you'll have to come out and you'll you'll get some golf in. And you said you're a golfer, so please tell me you're better than him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I like to think I am. Okay. I thought Fetz was good when we went cards. Fetz is okay. He's up and down. He, he obviously yeah. he can't play uh, this year, so he's yeah. just potting stuff because of his back. But he's an okay player, like, you can tell like he has those sick mitts around the green sometime. Um, yep. And he has believable shots. It's just like those misses. You can tell like he's got some work to do. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, he's only been playing. Has he only been playing for like, a couple of years? Yeah. He just got into it like three years ago, I think. So a segment we, we like to do, we ask some this or that questions. I'll, I'll say two things and you just pick one. Um, and I have a couple of them written down. So first of all, bar down or five hole. Bar down. Shoot first or pass first? Pass. Okay. White tape or black tape? Black tape. Cardio or weights? Uh, weights. Nice. Yeah. Um, ice cream or milkshake? Milkshake. Okay. Cards, ice cream or milkshake? <laughs> probably, probably a milkshake, man. Like when I was growing up, coming off the golf course, get a nice cold milkshake. Can't beat that. No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a and milkshake guy. There's no mask either because you're having it with a straw. Like it's just it's simple and easy. Yeah. Um uh candy or chocolate? Candy. Okay. Uh be able to fly or be invisible? Fly. Okay. That's yeah. uh that's all I got for this one. This or that with Dylan Sandberg. There we go. <laughs> and uh with that being done, we'll send it into our favorite part and fan questions and uh, we didn't put it out till not too long ago and uh, a bunch of fans typed in with a bunch of stuff. So uh, we got some good questions for you here. And our, our favorite one um, 
is stick and specs. Stick. Um, use a CCM SuperTax, the 2.0. And you use it SuperTax 2.0 still? No. What's the new one? 3.0? AS3. 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 Okay. I'm not, I don't really pay attention to my stick that much, to be honest. Yeah. Whatever the new one is, they just dish it in. I'm like, okay, that works. Okay, I, I thought you were pulling like a McDavid using a 2016 stick still. No, no, <laughs> AS, what is it, AS2 or AS3? I, I, I don't know, but I was just like, the 2.0 caught me a little bit off guard. I was like, wow, getting yeah. a custom order. It was and like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. then I, my, my lie is six and a half, I'm pretty sure. Um, flex 100. And my curve, I think, is a P92, maybe? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, big yeah. big slap shots from the point with the 100 flats. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's a piece of uh, – that, that's, that's legit. That's a stiff stick. Like, <laughs> legit. And um, do you have any – or what is your most embarrassing hockey moment, if you have any? What's the tough one? Um most embarrassing hockey moment. Mm. Have you seen where Fett's like slipped on the carpet accepting an award? Yeah, have you ever no, seen that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll uh, I'll send that to you right yeah. after we finish. It's incredible. Okay. Okay, that works. <laughs> so, oh, I have uh, probably uh, scoring in my own net in college. <laughs> Here's a face-off and uh, in our zone. So if, we're, if it's the goalie looking out, it was on his right side, the right dot. Mm-hmm. And I was on the wall. We were going for a rim, and it popped out right behind the center. I tried leaning in to cut the guy off like this and shooting it around. And I went short side tight on our goalie. Thank God oh. at the time, we were still up by up by two after I scored that one. Oh, and okay. ended up two, but, so yeah, it was a was snipe. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. wait, so – Please tell me this was at home or you would have been getting shredded by the other team's student section. Uh, no, it was on the road, but it wasn't Ooh. at, it was in Omaha. So their okay. uh, student section isn't as hard. The hardest student section ever though, I ever played in was um, Western Michigan. Okay. That's where uh, student section. It's like a tight, kind of like a junior rink. And mm-hmm. whoever wears number four, they yell the whole game. Anytime that uh, I was number four, so every time you step on the ice, they'd yell four is a – I can't really say it on here. Yeah. 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 The whole time, I, I every shift I came on the ice, the whole shift, they'd be yelling that. Okay. So, at least you didn't do it in uh, in Western, and it's oh, actually part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been – my career would have been over. <laughs> that's, that's where my dad went to school, so he played for Western, and – so I've been there a few times in their old barn. What's it called? Yeah. The Lawson, Lawson oh, Lunatics. The kids are called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like probably eleven when I went, and like it was just eye opening. I'm seeing these kids scream that stuff. I'm like, what is going on right now? Like this, this isn't a place for kids to be at. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's anything. <laughs> legit. That's hilarious. And um, next one here. How do you like living in Winnipeg? Um, I like it just cause it's, it's kind of similar to back home, um, here in Duluth area. 
Minnesota. But besides, like, we have a lot more trees here. They have no trees and a lot of wind. But for the most part, everything's everything's the same. And, you know, it's uh, it's been kind of cool to live in a, in a new area. Yeah, for sure. And, it, yeah, it's, it's not too far. I was just thinking about that. And yeah. uh, next one we got here is the uh, funniest guy on your college team over the years. Funniest guy on my college team. Ooh. Um, hmm. I'd probably, probably have to go with Justin Richards. Okay. Plays, uh, plays with New York in, in Hartford. So for, for any of you out there, watch out for him. <laughs> Funny guy. Uh, best chirper on the Jets. Ooh. Um, best chirper. Uh, we know it's not Fats. So. No, no, he's, it's not me either. I'm not a good chirper at all. I, I like to keep my mouth shut. Okay. I'd probably have to go with, hmm, chirps. Shafley? Okay. I can see that. I was talking, but um, I don't know. I, I don't really pay attention to that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll, we'll move on to our last one, but definitely not least here. Uh, watch how you answer this one in case there's people listening. But uh, if you were stranded on a month, or not, you weren't stranded on a month, you were stranded on an island for a month uh, with three other members of the Winnipeg Jets organization, who would you want them to be? Um, Connor Hellebuck. Okay. Um. Neil Pionk. Okay. And Nate Schmidt. All right. So uh, that's a big middle finger up to Fats, his yeah. roommate <laughs> in Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> and we, we know he'll be listening. So that's just a uh, slap in the face. Uh, but I like that answer completely. That's awesome. Yeah. No, the other guys are, they like outdoors. So I, and, you know, I feel like they'd be good in, in survival situations and- like that. You yourself, you said you like fishing and stuff. Are you an outdoorsman, like hunting Absolutely. and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, love hunting, fishing, um, anything, you name it, outdoors, walking around. Okay. Yeah. Are you uh, – w- what season is it for fishing right now for you? Um. Well, we're just uh, just regular fishing season. Um, yeah, but, like, what, what kind of fish are you catching? Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, uh, for – I don't know if you have any Canadian viewers, pickerel, walleye. Yeah. That's usually what, what uh, my dad and I go for. Um, sometimes crappie we go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much it, yeah. We we like getting up to Lake of the Woods. Um, this year we did a little bit of ice fishing. They went with a couple of guys on the team up to Lake Winnipeg. Did pretty well up there. Fats actually got his, uh, his record fish up there. I think he caught a 29-inch walleye or pickerel. So, yeah, he was pretty jacked up about that one. <laughs> yeah, because I got him into fishing. Yeah, no, he, he came back and he was talking about fishing and stuff. And he was like, yeah, like I'm going up uh, to Winnipeg in the in the summer to do like a big fishing trip or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you like fishing. He's like, yeah, the roommates got me into all that stuff now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm actually heading up there with him. That'll be awesome. Yeah. You'll enjoy that more than he will. But like still a oh, sick absolutely. experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But, uh, 
no, I think that's all for uh, questions or ask. Yeah, that's all I got. I, I just want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, it was super nice chatting with you. And I'm excited to pay closer attention to Winnipeg and, and see you and Fets light it up next year. Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on, Cars Rask. Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, from me, just a pleasure. Uh, super nice to meet you and heard a lot of great things. So uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch over the years through Fets. And uh, all the best to you and uh, have a good summer. Yeah, thanks, boys. You too. All right. I want to thank Dylan Sandberg for that. Pretty awesome getting a winner like him on after we talk about all the how sick it is to win and stuff before. But um, great guy, super nice man. Like he uh, he reminded me of a good old Western boy, eh? Just like a nice nice guy. Well, he, he sort of is Western. I mean, Minnesota is a little bit west of uh, Ontario, I guess you could say. And he's a uh, definitely a down to earth guy. Loves hunting, fishing. Just those type of guys. They're all, they always seem to be nice guys. They're not too caught up in the social media world and all that stuff. I feel like he's. Uh, He's down to earth and uh, yeah, definitely a great guy to have on and uh, a guy hopefully I'll be able to get to hang out with a little bit in the summer when he comes to visit Fets and stuff. And uh, But yeah, it was, a, it was an awesome interview and it, it, it's pretty cool to hear about a guy who's just so accustomed to winning and he knows what it takes. And, and it, definitely, it definitely helps when you're moving up the ranks. Like You have a guy like that, you, you don't necessarily need veteran presence in, in hockey you just need that winning mentality. You see it all the time. Like a guy like Sorelli on Tampa. Uh, now he has two cups to his name, but he won before that and just knew how to do it. And you build a, a band of winners and you're going to win games. So I think uh, he's definitely a guy to have on your team wherever you go. Yeah. I mean, Sorelli won two OHL championships in a Mem Cup before. Like Robert Thomas won two OHL championships and then a Stanley Cup. Like it's, it's true. And, and uh, like when I'm recruiting guys, at Brock when NHL scouts are looking at guys in the O like winning experience it it's not just making it doesn't just make your game better it's your mental toughness and like learning what it's like going through all those rounds like you learned so much in that in that first year run with Saginaw man and and the ups and downs and when you go down in a series especially down two, like how do you you know frame your mindset how do you play it period by period like you got to learn those things by doing it and um to win four years in a row, man. Like, dude, <laughs> like some people don't win in their lifetime. And I I've lost in three championships before this win with the Falcons here, which I didn't even like fully deserve. But uh, even this year alone with Brock, we lost in the finals. Like I always lose, man. So to win it, like it feels so good, but for like, it's yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Sorry. I all I'm, all I'm doing this episode is talking about myself and this team. It's pretty cool though. Can't, can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely cool to win. And I've never, been a part of like when I was younger yeah but never at like a higher level to be a part of a winning team and it's, it, it just makes you want it so much more and you you see teams you see your buddies have success and you hear about winning and it's just I don't know it's just about that feeling to have that and share it and, and hockey's the game where it's it's never it's never a guy taking credit for anything it's it's always we did it and but, but it, in the sense, at the same time, if, if you lose a game, everybody wants to take the blame and they want to they want to be the one to sell out for the boys and just say, hey, I, that was my bad. We'll get them next time. And that's on me. But as soon as it's a win, it's never about anybody individually. It's obviously a uh, big team thing. And to hoist that trophy together is a pretty special feeling. Yeah, you're right about that, man. And that's that says a lot about the mentality of hockey players. Like, just so many good guys and i even i think of this one in, in the finals we were up 5-1 at the time in the second period and this guy on the falcons dives head first to block a shot we're up 5-1 in the second but that's how it goes in the playoffs like 
I, I don't know if I would have done the same to be honest, <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. But I mean, anyway, like moving forward, cause I can keep going on and on about this. Like um, I want to say my golf game is, is getting better and better. I've been spending some time. Like if people go to the driving range, I've been hitting the mini putt. So I got I'm working on the putting game and it's, it's working. I'm instead of five putting everything now, I'm just three putting and two putting. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think you are? Happy Gilmore? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if I can hit, hit the ball off the tee, I can be happy Gilmore. That's the next step. <laughs> yeah, true. true. And, then, and then we need to get you one of those hockey putters. So you can just oh, pretend it's hockey. Your putting would go through the roof. Yeah. But I've been, I've been working on the game. I'm, I'm getting out. And now that hockey season's officially over for me, I'll be, I'll be out a lot more. We'll we'll have to get out and I can show you my my new improvements. I'm also just nasty with the the nine iron and the pitching wedge. My two best clubs right now. So there we go. So watch out when Rask gets those clubs in his hands. He, he's lethal with those. I I played a par five. I got par on a par five using the pitching wedge till the green. <laughs> That's kind of smart though. Like honestly, man, like so many guys pull up the drive and they blast it out of play. Rask is just nine iron down the middle. Watch out for him. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's what the game is in. Um, I want to do one quick shout out actually before we kind of wrap it up. Um, my brother and myself as well, but more more so my brother has been working his ass off for over a year now to open his dream like wine store in in Niagara in St. Catharines, and um, we put a lot of money, sweat, tears, blood, all of it in, into this place, and there's been so many headaches that have come up, but he's officially opened now it's called archives wine and spirits and uh it's at 39 james street in niagara in st catherine so for those who are there check it out and say hi and anyone who's listening to the podcast who goes and says that the podcast sent you you'll get a, a discount so if you go in and say that showbound podcast sent you you'll get a discount on some wines you can go in and have a tasting too it's like a pretty cool setup where you can sit down and try your wines and, and get educated about them as well and and then buy them but anyway I want to shout out my brother for pursuing his dreams and like dishing out a lot of money. Like he worked hard and, and uh, spent a lot of money on it. So it's pretty exciting. And I've been spending a lot of time there and um, it's uh, it's cool. So ch- check that out if you're in the area. I know we actually do have a good chunk of listeners in St. Catharines too. So um, yeah, I want to shout out my brother Robbie for that and uh, check it out. Well, good thing uh, the Falcons didn't get the keys to that place after the big win where uh, it might uh, be half empty, but um no, definitely. I, I haven't been able to get out there yet, obviously, with it just opening and stuff, but I'm definitely going to make my way down and uh, check her out. And I saw I saw the videos you're sending me, and it looks absolutely gorgeous inside. So whoever is into wine or spirits and stuff like that, just go check it out and definitely support the support the uh, not only the podcast, but Rast's family too. And uh, and it's it's no joke for sure. He's, he's done it right. And you can definitely tell there's been a few headaches because you don't make a place like that without headaches. You could, he obviously could take like the easy way on things and made it like, ah, it's okay, but it, it looks perfect in there. And yeah, definitely go, uh, go throw the showbound name down and, uh, the Raskin family will take care of you. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Congrats to you and your bro. Yeah. Thank you. And I guess, uh, unless do you have anything else to say or you want to talk basketball or, or you want to wrap up? What's what's up? I know it's been very hot. I want to say like, and I had to, I've been driving a lot and, 
there's like a pet peeve of mine, I guess. And I just tried to flip it to you, but now I'm talking. So here I go. Um, <laughs> but do driving in the, uh, in the heat just pisses me off. I got a little towel actually for my seat now. So I don't get my back doesn't get all sweaty and stuff, but even oh. with the AC on today, like it was brutal and it was so hot and I had to turn the fan up to like three to keep me cool. And the gas is like $2 a liter. So it's like pissing me off even more. Like, it's just not, it's not good right now, man. <laughs> No, you're, you're just hitting all the wrong spots, but you know what? At least you can, uh, you know, you're a winner right now and you're, you're enjoying that. So that can uh, cleanse all your other uh, things that are bad in your life. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, I'm just going to make a quick, uh, quick guess. I'm going to say golden state in five. Uh, what do you got quickly before we wrap it up? Uh, ooh, I'll go golden state in, uh, in six, give the Celtics a little credit here. Okay. Um, and yeah, I guess with that being said, uh, one last time, congrats to Rask and the Falcons on their big win. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch back up with you guys next week. I know I'm, we're both in full summer mode now. Uh, I just wrapped up my course actually today too. So we'll, uh, we'll be able hey, to note some more time to, uh, to the podcast and really uh, make sure we get out good episodes with great content for you guys. And, you know, we've, we've been wanting to do that and a bunch of things have been coming up this or that. So we, we have a little bit of normalcy to our summers now, so uh, just uh, stick with us and uh, we'll continue to do what we do best. And uh, yeah, like Ras said, enjoy the hot weather. I've heard a lot of people complaining about it, but uh, no, get out there, enjoy the sun. SPF 50 will do the trick and, uh, and uh, take care and we'll, we'll catch up next time.